No, no. Whoever plays with the cards and the checkers always <laughs> wins. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Whiskey and Mash. I'm Chris Pullman. And I am Gloria Ackerman. And this week we'll be talking about Season 6, Episode 17, Tea and Empathy, and Season 6, Episode 18, Your Hit Parade. Tea and Empathy is a great episode. If you're going to watch an episode, this is the one to watch. Mm. Um, watch it with us, let us know what you think. But just a short, what is it about? Um, they begin with triage outside. A lot of casualties, tons on the bus, a lot of belly wounds. Um, BJ yells, 10 morphine, 10 milligrams of morphine over here. Mm -hmm. Find out later on that there's a man addicted to morphine and that's someone that BJ helps through his addiction. Mm -hmm. Also, there's an Engli a lot of English patients and as they're doing surgery, the English patients are full of tea so it's hard to work on them because and a couple of them get peritonitis. Mm -hmm. So that's a whole situation. There's just tons of little stories going on in this one. Father Mulcahy um, gets called over or asks if he can help. And um, mm. Hawkeye says, not yet. This one still has a chance. And I think it kind of hurt him a little. And he felt useless and like he could do a little bit more. And so he is in uh, confession with... Uh, patient who tells him about what well, someone their morphine all got stolen then he's in confession with a patient that tells them where he can get some morphine but it's very mm -hmm. dangerous because it's black market um, that's another plot line and a plot line that's not really a plot line but I think needs to be said is Margaret is very very kind to Winchester oh yeah I'm just trying to figure out where that's coming from yeah and that's the end of all the stuff that's happening but mm -hmm. like she's going on saying one kid asked am i going to be all right and she's going on oh well you have the best surgeon you couldn't even mm. afford him if you actually had him in I, boston i'm gonna go ahead and say this probably comes from the fact that the production code is y109 so this would have been filmed before comrades in arms when they were still kind of getting that whole Winchester Margaret plot going. Do you mm. know what I mean? So this one was filmed so they're, they're, very early okay. in the season. It wasn't oh. aired until later. All right. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, because let me look up Comrades in Arms. Um, because yeah, like you say, it. it Margaret was being sense. very complimentary and everything, but... Right, and, like, you can't even afford this doctor, and he's like, well, I would have referred you to someone else if we were in Boston. Yeah, yeah which is an interesting... <laughs> I get it, you know. Um, yeah, Comrades in Arms was production code Y116. Oh, so they were quite a way... This one was way before it. Yeah, okay. it was filmed before, but aired after so in terms of when it was filmed, it makes sense because they were still trying to build up that okay, kind of romantic tension best, between right. between Winchester and Margaret. Um, but then I think that went away after Comrades in Arms, which 
technically, in the order that it was filmed, didn't happen yet. Right. So. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Makes sense now. Yeah. Okay. And anything that you... Was this episode as powerful for you? I like it. Um, it it's definitely worth the watch. But yeah, I, I also had that problem with the Margaret Charles thing, but, you know, looking at the production codes does make more sense. Right. Um, I, I think it's interesting, the English colonel. Oh, that's... Who, or, I'm sorry, the English major who comes in to talk to his boys. Um, we see the, the major come in to post up twice. The first time, he's all fire and brimstone, saying, you know... Get up off your feet. Off yeah. your feet. On your on feet. On your feet. Yeah. <laughs> on your Look feet. at these lads. They Laying weren't about. here to, yeah, to lay about in this luxury resort. Look at Michaels. He has roses on his cheeks. He's ready to go back to the front right now. And oh, BJ and Hawkeye were ticked because they're yeah. like, no, these men need bed rest. Mm -hmm. Oh no, they. If don't. you take them out of here too early, Major. You'll have lilies on his chest. You'll regret that. And they kind of do, because then the second appearance of the Major, he's um, sitting there with his boys, and they're reading letters from home, and it's very chummy, and, um, you know, Klinger ran to get Hawkeye, and Hawkeye busts in, and... What are you doing here? Well, do you mind, Doctor? We're in the middle of reading letters. Mm. Off you go, Michaels. So, Read yours. Yeah. Off you go, Michaels. The baby's eating solid food now. I love Mom gave her a sausage and she looked away and little bug had eaten half of a banger. <laughs> <laughs> I just see this, lads. Majesty United beat Manchester 2-0. to zero. Oh, They're going to take the cup. Nope, nope. Ah, you <laughs> balmy. So Hawkeye's looking all What's confused. What's going on? Like, you were just yelling at them. Get I'm off. I'm confused. Yeah, and then he, he takes Brings the Major outside. outside to talk to him. and The Major actually made him go outside because he wasn't going to have okay, that discussion yeah. in front of his men. Mm -hmm. He's yeah. a very kind man. but Well, just... I think he also didn't want to, uh, I guess, when, I think the term is correct here, give up the ghost. He didn't want to. Yeah, see the men. Um, he didn't want them to see him explain the trick. Exactly. Because it was, and he explains to Hawkeye, they expected me to yell at them. They know that I wouldn't yell at them if they weren't going to get well. So, really, it was a kindness. Yeah, and if I wouldn't have yelled at them, mm -hmm. they would know something was wrong. Yeah. Or they would feel like they weren't getting better. He yeah. actually said, sometimes it's better to slap the hand than to hold it. <laughs> That's the story of my love life. <laughs> oh, I don't want to hear this. That's what Hawkeye said. That's what Hawkeye said. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And he, then what did he say? Oh, it was so funny. And then the general, the English major, major said, "Yeah." When Hawkeye said, "That's the story of my love life." Yeah. Yeah, that's mm. expected. Or quiet. <laughs> I can imagine. I can, yeah, exactly. Um. Yeah, and then Hawkeye brought up. Uh, the fact that you know, not all English traditions are quite so good, Major. And he told him the tea thing. Yeah. Mmm. Well, that does make sense. I'll bring it up with high authorities. 
Yeah. There was anything but tea. <laughs> mm. English is too far so funny. Your favorite place to travel to. Because, yeah, you know, like in the, the scene in OR that you referenced where Father Mulcahy comes rushing in because Hawkeye um, kind of not yells at but says to his nurse, suction, suction! Hurry, the, hurry! The tea was coming out of the belly wound into the parrot, into mm. the abdominal cavity. So he couldn't see. And it was what ended up happening. It was it uh, produced peritonitis in the soldier. Uh, I had to look this up. WebMD. Peritonitis is an inflammation of the peritoneum, the tissue that lines the inner wall of the abdomen and covers and supports most of your abdominal organs. Peritonitis is usually caused by infection from bacteria or fungi. So... He was getting an infection from the tea. From the tea. Just drank. Yeah. And it could kill him without proper... Uh, medical treatment, which involves penicillin, and they pen didn't have any penicillin because all of their penicillin was stolen. In fact, they asked Klinger, "I thought you changed a lock, so this couldn't happen again." I did, and it stopped and cold. They had to bust down Found the door. The door. <laughs> so, so yeah, all the penicillin was gone. They couldn't fix mm -hmm. a lot of things, actually. Um. But Father Mulcahy comes to save the day. Which, he does it in a very Father Mulcahy way, because, like, I think you had mentioned, the soldier comes to him in confession, saying, um, you know... All uh, the things he did, which was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Boozing, fraternizing, I can't remember all of them. <laughs> but the big one was Black Market. Yeah, and uh, he tells Father Mulcahy where to find penicillin. Without... T without... Father, knowing that Father Mulcahy would go get it. Like, yeah, right. He was just explaining his situation. I would leave it under the bell at the old Burnout Church. The money was grand. A thousand a month. This is like 1950. So it's, yeah. A thousand a month. Well, can you pay the money good. back? Ah, I'm sorry, Father. I already sent it all home. And what did you, can't you get it back? Uh, I'll do my best to do better once I get home, Father. They put it down for a down payment on okay, the house, yeah. yeah, so they couldn't, so. Mm -hmm. But, um. But he told them where it was, and that was the most yeah. important thing. But then he because had this great conversation, Father Mulcahy, <laughs> with, with Potter. her father. Because you can't divulge anything ever from confession, and that's, yeah. that's one of the main things drilled into a priest. You can mm. never, so he had this whole conversation with, um, Potter. Colonel Potter, but never telling him anything. Like, yeah. what's the, I, I can't tell you. Yeah, but I need to. I need to. Can, can you be a little more specific, Father? Well, I, I just need to tell you this. I can have... And then he says something. I Colonel Potter says, I have to go find penicillin. And he yells, exactly! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and I, I love how that conversation ends. Well, great, Father. One of these days you'll have to come into my office and explain to me what we had a conversation <laughs> about. <laughs> but, yeah, then uh, Klinger shows back up. In, I'm assuming the colonel's jeep uh, after visiting the 8063rd and the 8055th uh, trying to get penicillin he struck out at both places and then uh, <laughs> I, I really like this scene where it's Klinger I think I know where we can get some penicillin where is it I can't tell you that because he learned it in confession right then how are we gonna get there I'd better drive <laughs> All right. I've been on blind dates before. <laughs> Klinger gets into the passenger seat. 
then they go and they get the penicillin, and it's their stuff. It's 4077. What yeah, part? So, they, so they said it's not stealing mm. because it's just retrieving their own mm -hmm. merchandise. But what I really like is um, they start coming under fire, and Klinger drops the, the bell. It was a like a church bell back onto, uh, onto his dress, which really shouldn't have happened the way he was grabbing it. But anyway. But it did. But it did. And uh, Father Mulcahy, he's trying to get out of there. Clinger, let's, let's go. go. I mean, the shots were firing off the bell that Clinger yeah. was under. Yeah. Like, you could see the shots. This is one of my best dresses. Well, tear it. We have to go. <laughs> and then a shot, another shot bounces off the bell, and you just see Clinger stand up directly and... Run. Run. <laughs> the skirt just ripped right off. Yeah. I like how he gave the bill to um, Colonel Potter for the dress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that that was cute. I can't buy you the dress cleaner, but I can get you the material. The rest is up to you. Um, yeah. So that was the excitement in in. Yeah, the, you know the the morphine addiction was an interesting little subplot. Um, not really impactful to the story, but. It, but it showed compassion. And it showed that that can happen. You and know. I think what would really happen in a mash, since it's get in, get out, mm -hmm. I think they would just give them real, more and more. I was thinking this through. I'm, I'm like, I wonder if they would really ever do that. At, or they would just give him the morphine because no. it's easier and let him deal with it later. Because you it's know, a mash. Uh, it's a, it's a it mo is, but it's, it's BJ. And it would be Hawkeye. So I don't think that they would just let it go. Somebody like a Frank or a Winchester would, I'm sure. So it depends on who you got as a doctor, which I I'm guess sure. is with anything. Yeah, because, you know, we, we've we seen times where um, it was a toss-up on what they would do. But, you know, like Hawkeye will just sign off on, yeah, you can stay here for three more days. That's fine. We have a bed space. Uh -huh. Even though he, he doesn't need to stay and recover anymore, he'll keep a soldier yeah. there for three more days so he can ship out with his buddy. Um but I think that BJ or Hawkeye would have done it. I think Potter would be a coin flip. And I think Winchester would have just given him the drugs and sent him on his merry way. Because it's a lot to deal mm -hmm. with. Potter might have sent him back to, like, an evac to be treated. Treated. Because that is, you know, an addiction like that. It takes time to... Like, this guy kind of just left and was like, oh, thank you, guys. Yeah, they, I'm better. Well, well, that's not how a real addiction goes. It, it's something you deal with every day of your life. Mm -hmm. And I would have... But they had one show to do it in. Yeah, I would hope that they would have signed him up for some sort of help. Probably get him out of the theater. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, but, because um, it's not like, you know, you wait a couple days, you go through your... Your jitters and your yeah. and and then you're better. It's not that way at all because no. that is always eating at you. You know, I in another episode, uh, one of Margaret's friends who is an alcoholic, when she was drying out, um, they ended up sending her back to the states for treatment. So okay. I could see them sending this soldier home, home, because of that. But you know, I I get where they're showing that they're breaking that. Right, and they're at least getting through the tough part. Mm -hmm. And then sending him for further help. Um, two two other things that I did look up. Once Klinger and Father Mulcahy get back, and they're passing out the penicillin, they mention it was the bravest thing since Audrey Murphy 
and Father Duffy. So I had to look up these two just to figure out what that was. Audie Murphy was one of the most decorated American combat soldiers of World War II, receiving every military combat award for valor available from the U.S. Army, as well as French and Belgian awards for heroism. Murphy wow. received the Medal of Honor for Valor, demonstrated at the age of 19 for single-handedly holding off an entire company of German soldiers for an hour at the Colmar Pocket in France in January 1945, then leading a successful counterattack while wounded and out of ammunition. I don't think Claire was at quite that level. <laughs> I don't either, but it's good to hear about these yeah. people. And Father Duffy. Um, Duffy was a military chaplain and priest. Uh, born in Coburg, Canada, Father Duffy moved to New York in 1893 to teach French at the College of St. Francis Xavier. He was later ordained as a priest, and in 1898, he accepted a teaching position at St. Joseph's Seminary in Dunwoody, New York. Uh, Father Duffy's military service began in the Spanish-American War. After the war ended, Father Duffy returned to New York, and in 1920, was appointed pastor of Holy Cross Church, hey. located at 230, uh, blah, blah, blah. After serving the theater district community for over a decade in 1940, veteran... Had, uh, did he actually serve in a war? No, I think he just, because of all his service to Manhattan. Okay. No, Duffy served as a chaplain for the 69th Infantry Regiment, known as the Fighting 69th, a unit of the New York Army National Guard. Uh, he served in the Spanish-American War. Okay. But it, it is his service on the Western Front in France during World War I for which he is best known. Duffy, who typically was involved in combat and accompanied litter bearers into the thick of battle to recover wounded soldiers, became the most highly decorated cleric in the history of the United States Army. Okay. okay. I can. Father Mulcahy might not have been quite at that <laughs> level. But it's interesting. But it was. They did know that they were going into... In fact, Father Mulcahy explained to Klinger, okay, I'm letting you know, this is going to be dangerous. As mm -hmm. they were going in, he's yeah. like, yeah, I'm from Brooklyn. I can handle it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so yeah. it wasn't like they went in not knowing that it's dangerous. They both knew the situation. Mm -hmm. Klinger not as well. Not, not Brooklyn, Toledo. Oh, Toledo, sorry. Those are two different states. Yeah, okay. <laughs> just, <sighs> just throwing that in there, you know. Um, that's actually all I have in my notes. Yeah, well, that was quite a bit. It, it, there's yeah. a lot going on in that episode. It's a fun episode to watch. Um, um, some interesting things about, like, the Gloucester Regiment. Uh, apparently, they're a regiment who frequently don't wear helmets, you know, mm -hmm. because it's like, we don't need those things, but then they end up with a lot of head wounds, which oh, well, was, duh. yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? which was shown in the episode. Uh, at the beginning of the episode, Potter mentions that the English are from the Gloucester Regiment. The cap badge on Major Ross's beret is accurate and shows he does indeed come from the Gloucester Regiment. Uh, he also has shoulder patches that say Gloucester. But the Gloucester Regiment was uh, has already been almost wiped out in the Battle of the Imogen River, which was mentioned in the PA announcement towards the end of the Season 4 episode, Smiling Jack. But if you look at 
and I had sent you the link for this, I should really bring this up. Um, the MASH timeline, once BJ arrives, gets real messed up. Because, oh. like, up until season four, they're actually progressing through it pretty normally. And then once Potter and BJ show up, all of a sudden we're back in, like, 1950. Right. And so there's this weird period where... We lose time. Yeah, it's like we're reliving some of the same days, but with a completely different MASH unit, almost. And... It's almost like an alternate universe is happening, but with the same battles, which is kind of a good way to look at it. Um, with more research, though, I think, as yeah, they progress on. Possibly. But, you know, it, so, yeah, I mean, in theory, could this have happened before then? Well, Smiling Jack BJ was there, and, yeah, it's weird. Timey-wimey. Um, another thing, perhaps Hawkeye should not have been so surprised with Major Ross's behavior. In season three, Mad Dogs and Servicemen, Hawkeye, on the advice of Sidney Friedman, tried something similar with Corporal Richard Travis. Many of MASH staff thought he was overdoing it, but it worked. Travis was the one who couldn't walk, who had hysterical paralysis. Okay. And Hawkeye was telling him, Get up. We're not taking you to the mess tent, not when you have two good legs. Right. Mm-hmm. So, interesting. And uh, Colonel Potter kind of did it a couple of weeks ago when the guy wanted oh, suicide. yeah, yeah. You know, okay, go mm -hmm. ahead, do it. Let me turn it up for you. Yeah, kind you of. Know? So it mm -hmm. is a it is a typical. I'm yeah, frustrated it... with your situation <laughs> kind of move. Yeah, it it can work. It just you got to be careful about it. Right. Uh, last thing on the Mash Wiki page, on the Jeep that Klinger and Father Mulcahy are driving, the star on the driver's side is upside down. Huh. Whoops. Oops. <laughs> you had one job. <laughs> Put the one. star on the Jeep. <laughs> one job. You messed it up. Guest stars recurring cast in this episode. Bernard Fox as Major Derek Ross. Sal Viscuso as Corporal Benny Bryant. Neil Thompson as Johnson. Neil Hunt as Enright. Chris Winfield as Whit Whitefield. That's a stretch. It's not a stretch, that's sarcasm. Oh, okay. <laughs> Winfield, Whitefield. It's like okay. one letter. Uh, Jay Pirelli as Michaels, Chris Mulkey as Soldier, and uncredited appearances by Kelly Nakahara, and three unidentified nurses with small speaking parts. Okay. The, okay. Again, the production code was Y109. The writer was Bill Idelson, the director was Don Weiss, and the original air date for this episode was January 17, 1978. Next okay, episode. Okay, next episode. Season 6, episode 18, Your Hit Parade. This episode is very quickly set up for what it will become. Uh, within the first couple minutes, we hear that it is the 11th day of no Casual. casualties at the 4 double seventh. We see that the doctors are becoming quite bored because they are boozing and playing double cranko, <laughs> which seems to be some mutant combination of chess, checkers, cards, and a hammer, which I love. Um, and Chris is killing himself I, trying to figure out the rules of this game. It's hilarious. I really you want to play to this him. game. He's like, okay, if. This I really want to play the game. Oh no, I've I've tried to graph it out and it doesn't really go well. Uh, he doesn't get this concept of it's 
how you make it at the time. You're cheating. <laughs> how can I cheat? There are no rules. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, apparently the chess pieces have card values. <laughs> but then you can play with checkers and cards. But then you always... It's the person who plays with checkers and cards always wins. Yeah. Um, at one point, Hawkeye told BJ to knight... Or, yeah, tonight my checker, right? Or no, king me. And BJ pulls out a hammer and smacks the board. And this is my favorite part of the episode, actually. A pawn flips up from the board, smacks the edge of the table, kicks back up, and lands in BJ's martini glass. <laughs> and uh, Mike Farrell just plays it perfectly because he's then refilling their glasses. And he sees the piece, and he just looks really confused, and he picks the piece out, puts it down, and then I think he takes a drink, and <laughs> it just plays really well. Um, anyway, sorry. The At that point, uh, Radar comes in, asks for a phonograph, they just got a bunch of new records in, starts to play the records over the PA, and then um, all hell breaks, breaks loose. Uh, yeah. Casualties everywhere. The Chinese are throwing everything they can against the parallel. I'm assuming they mean, like, the parallel with China and Korea. Or no, that would be the North Korean-South Korean parallel. Okay, that makes more sense. And, um, if 4077th is getting casualties, the 8063rd and the 80 double nickel are also getting swamped, and so their overflows are hitting the 4077th. And so all of a sudden, the uh, mess tent, the oak club, and the swamp become post ops two, three, and four. And basically, hilarity ensues, including a bomb disposal tech on R and R. Because we ran out of AB negative. negative blood, and he gets called in to donate, and he is just blasted and is super, super uncomfortable around needles. Um. The episode ends with my favorite scene of pretty much all the series up until this point. Potter is playing Double Cranko with Hawkeye. And uh, at one point, Hawkeye says, I win. Potter looks over at BJ. Is he following the rules? BJ says, what rules? And Potter goes, oh, okay. <laughs> so it's time for... Triple Cranko. Triple <laughs> which I really want to know what that involves because it sounds amazing and I want to play it. Hopefully He's they such break, a gamer. Hopefully they break out the little um, Japanese-looking shot glasses for the checker pieces. That's what I'm hoping <laughs> it goes to. Um, but anyway, that's basically the episode. Um, it, it's a pretty simple plot as far as thing goes. It's like Deluge. It's just... A bunch of casualties. You know, it's one of those episodes where they're just swamped. Get it? <laughs> yeah, they're in the swamp with the casualties. <laughs> okay, that was pretty bad. I get it. I make the dad jokes around here. Thank you. Stop working my side of the street. Okay, I'm going back to the street, man. <laughs> oh, uh, radar but... was pretty funny because. Well, he yeah. had Winchester's um, phonograph. phonograph, and he was playing the records, and at first he did not want to be a 
DJ. He did not want, he's like, I'm, mm-hmm. I just can't do it. But at the end, he's got the sunglasses on, mm-hmm. he's got the talk, he's got the moves, and Colonel Potter comes in and tells him to play Sentimental Journey. He's like, I'm not playing that old man. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> he says, who has the bird around here? So he played Sentimental Journey, I believe. At the end, it turned out to be 23, 23 times. 23 times, yeah. And um, the reason... Colonel Potter wanted Sentimental Journey is because a cute little blonde walked past him once and it was Doris Day and he fell yeah. in love during the song Sentimental Journey. Yeah. His wife doesn't know about it. In fact, Doris Day doesn't know <laughs> about it. But mm. Doris Day is one of my favorites also. I have everything she's ever done. So I, I don't know if I've seen anything she's ever done. Oh, that's Calamity Jane. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh, she is in everything. Her and Rock Hudson were famous, almost like um, nowadays Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks, or they were okay. that back then hot couple. Okay. That's yeah. how they became such good friends. Um, yeah, I. Doris Day is. Yeah, one of my favorites. She was. Mm-hmm. She's had a hard life. If you read, that's a very good biography. She's mm. been through a lot, mm. abuse and love. Okay. She's still alive? Yes. She's just had her 90th birthday. Dang. And, um, yeah, everyone came to her house and sang outside. It was really cool. She's mm. just a really neat lady. Nice. Cool. Loves animals. Takes in all strays. There you go. That's one thing she's famous for. So, yeah. Potter Falls fell in love with Doris Day. I've seen all her movies. But Alone. I never took Mildred. I don't think I could face it. <laughs> But then I remember, Doris Day doesn't know either. <laughs> um, oh, but at, after 23 times, he took it off, and they canceled Radar's job. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to look. I mean, it literally, this episode is mostly about them being deluged with patience, because we've already covered most of my notes on this episode. Winchester looking for a place to sleep. That was interesting. That he, yeah, like, um... Because I was wondering why Margaret's tent never gets used. You know, like... Well, she does think, with... Well, a couple times, it. And then there's the, the one in, I think it's season one, where all the nurses gather in her tent. You really think Colonel Potter would give up his tent rather than her making her stay well, with her nurses? She was getting a lot of stuff... St- uh, put into her tent, so oh, I'm guessing okay. things were being was relocated. Going into her. Okay, yeah. that's right, because she had a lot of stuff. In a lot her. of stuff getting, because she was stacking things, and her right. bed wasn't where it normally is. So. Okay, you're right. They but, were just putting the stuff in there. Yeah, it was one of my favorite scenes out of this episode is when the guys are coming into Colonel Potter's tent. He pushes his bed around, and then there's room for three cots if. If you lined them up perpendicular to the bed. Because the bed was like running lengthwise of the tent. And they were going to put their cots. The other way. Yeah. Like widthwise. And BJ and Hawkeye bring theirs in folded up. And so they're trying to unfold it. And Hawkeye goes, step back. I'm going to inflate mine. It's as easy as one. <laughs> two. Two. Come on, you thing. <laughs> and he's just it flipping easy. it around. And you look back at BJ on his next line, and he goes, Mine's alive! And it's like around <laughs> his neck and hooked around an arm. 
It's like, how did you manage that? <laughs> it's easy. Did you ever try to put one of those together? Yes, all that's the time. Oh, that's what I look like no, when I put them together. Just all like the time. <laughs> I still have one in the car. Okay. I'm a Boy Scout. That was my usual camping gear was a cot. <laughs> For years, I had a cot just stuck right. in the back of my car with my sheets. My dad had those, and I could never yeah. get them put together. Oh. I felt just like BJ did. Like, I can't. Oh, Once you see it, it's flip flipped. and done. No, yeah. and then you have to put the ends in. Yeah, which Hawkeye wasn't doing right. Right. <laughs> and then, but they get theirs kind of laid out, and then uh, Winchester comes in. His is all put together. Ah, oh, really? I can't do his accent right. <sighs> Am I supposed to sleep in here? And Hawkeye picks up something of Colonel Potter's. Hello, room service? Send up a larger room. <laughs> and instead of laying his bunk the way it's supposed to be. He lays it across the feet of Hawkeye and BJ's um, and just lays down and they're like, oh, well, now that that's done. And they Mattress put... is a little lumpy. They both put their feet up on Charles. Get your feet off me. <laughs> and then and he's he... looking for a place to sleep and he first goes outside in the Jeep bringing the drunk man. Yeah, Zale <laughs> and this bomb disposal sergeant almost run into him, which I... The, the bomb disposal guy's line. We must be getting closer to the city. We're hitting more people. <laughs> you got his eyes down, too. Um, so then Charles goes into Margaret's tent, uh, hoping to sleep in there. She wasn't having that. You know Margaret. Margaret, let me be frank with you. Oh, Frank. I what are you trying your to pardon. say? No, no. <laughs> little F, not big F. <laughs> Apparently, Charles has heard about them. Um, but yeah, you know, that, that was, was the... a cute line, though. Let me yeah. be frank with you. <laughs> I beg your pardon. <laughs> not little, little F, not. Not big F. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, an interesting episode. Again, though, a lot of it is just around. The next time you see Chris, patience. he'll be playing Triple Crankle, I'm yeah. sure. The interesting parts dealing with the patients um, in. The Oak Club, they had one patient on the bar, and since he was on the bar, which is, you know, like four or five feet up in the air, they had him strapped <laughs> onto the bar so that he didn't fall off, which yeah, is probably a good idea. Yeah, you need to put them. Um, in the mess tent, Winchester was checking on one guy's chart, and he said something to the effect of, Nurse, I'm a bit confused. It says sausage over biscuits with gravy. <laughs> Am I supposed to treat that or administer it? <laughs> Sorry, Major. You know this is normally the mass tent. Mm. Please inform the chef lest he think the patient... Lest he thinks this, this man the patient du jour. Yeah, so that's pretty much all I have about this episode. Yeah. Mostly about the patients. And... Yeah, it went quick. Um, recurring cast or guest stars Ronnie Graham as Sergeant Gribble that was the drunk Johnny Hamer reprises his role as Sergeant Zelmozale Ken Michaelman as Harker I think that was the young man who needed the blood I think so Patricia Stevens as Nurse Baker and Bill Cox as the patient so no Kelly and Nakahara no um the production code was Y124, so actually this would have been what probably the last one filmed for the season. The writer was Johnny Graham, 
The director was George Tyne, and the original air date was January 24th, 1978. That make you wonder why they didn't put them in order. Yeah, I, I wish I could give you a good reason, but, you know, like, I'm a Firefly fan, and those were aired horribly out of order, and I think that was the downfall of that series and why it only got one season. So I, I don't know. There had to be a good reason, but, you know, even Comrades in Arms, they referenced the new surgical clamp that they had to... Make later on. Which was patent for Double Seventh, which didn't air until two weeks after okay. Comrades in Arms. And yeah, it's like, you clearly wrote it in a certain order. Sure. Why didn't you Play air it? it? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Well, if anyone knows, let us know. We would yeah. like to find out, and you can get a hold of us. By going over to our web... <laughs> Thank you. Nice segue. <laughs> Not forced at all. Um, going over to our website, narclanning.com. That's N-A-R-C-L-A-N-I-N-C dot com. Uh, go to the podcast portion of the page. Go to the Whiskey and Mash page. And there on the page are two buttons. One is a email button. One is a Facebook button button the email button will open up a new email to us whiskey and mash at narclanning.com the facebook button will take you to our facebook page facebook.com slash whiskey and mash where you can leave us a message follow that page where we always uh put a synopsis of the latest podcast that we will be releasing like when we put this one out i'll put the synopsis we have for the podcast there on the page with the link to the website where we keep a backlog of all the mp3s of our episodes you can listen to those directly off the website or you can download them to your uh favorite mp3 player if you have one of those you might have more than one that's why i say favorite at least that's <laughs> what i'm going with um otherwise you can look for us on itunes or your favorite podcast application just search for whiskey and mash subscribe and then you will get all the latest episodes of this podcast downloaded directly to your device automatically or you can search for us on stitcher radio also whiskey and mash and i like, always want to applaud when yeah. you do that. okay <laughs> like gloria said let us know if you uh if you have any comments or questions concerns anything where we ask a question why did they do that and you know the answer please let us know hit us up on any of uh those channels that we have out there i think that's it I think that's it. Yeah, okay. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Whiskey and Mash. I'm Chris. And I'm Gloria. And Whiskey and Mash. Yeah, see you next time. Okay. Time for the Packer game. Yeah, pretty much. Not for me. Yeah, I know. You, you don't. You go and do something else. Please. Yeah, it's a beautiful day outside. <laughs> so, we could go enjoy it before they're gone and the snow comes. Yeah, no kidding. Have a good week. Bye, everyone.